by your Holy Spirit and by your power. I pray that you just use this time to stir our hearts for this great commission and that we would all be challenged and encouraged and motivated to go out of this church building and bring the gospel to our nations. I lift this time to you, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Awesome. Just to start, I'd love to tell you a little bit about me and my story. So I grew up in Westlake, Ohio, not too far from here. Uh, I grew up going to St. Raphael's, so we would go to Mass every single Sunday. And uh, to be honest, I was, I was taught the gospel from a young age. However, I never truly understood what it meant to make Jesus my Lord and Savior. Even as we transitioned to Bay Presbyterian Church down the street, I still, to be honest, didn't understand the gospel. I remember when I was about seven years old, my grandma, Kathleen Dillmuth, sat me down at the piano and asked me, Molly, have you accepted Jesus into your heart? And I remember thinking to myself, I have no idea what she means by that. Uh, but I didn't want to disappoint my grandma. And so I said, yes, grandma, I've accepted Jesus into my heart. But even from then on, through grade school and high school, I still had no idea what it meant to make Jesus my Lord and Savior. Going into college, I assumed that I would get plugged into a church right away because that's what I grew up doing, that's what my parents wanted for me, and I thought that was what was best for me. Uh, however, instead of doing that, I was overwhelmed by this independence and freedom to do whatever I wanted with my time and got sucked into the party scene very quickly. Um, I began drinking and going out probably four or five nights a week, and my social life became my whole world. Although, on the outside, I probably looked pretty happy. I had a bunch of friends. I had a boyfriend. I was a part of a prestigious business fraternity in school. I was getting good grades. Uh, in the inside, I was just very lonely and seeking love and affection and satisfaction through a lot of the things of this world rather than from our creator, which I think is a lot of people who comes to college stories. Um, so about two years into college, uh, after my grandpa Bernie passed away, I decided to go to church for the first time. And the first person I met at H2O Church was none other than this bubbly, positive, welcoming girl named Paulina Stefano, who <laughs> is from this church, <laughs> which is how I got plugged in here. Paulina uh, just took me under her wing that day and showed me around H2O and explained everything I needed to know about uh, the church and the community there. And the seeds that she planted in my life, I believe, truly came to fruition later on in life as I saw um, her love me, a complete stranger, uh, just because of her love for the Lord. So later on in college, my, my roommate Emily shared the gospel with me using this thing called the bridge diagram, which is just a diagram we use to share the gospel with students on campus. And it was something that it was like I've never seen this before. Uh, it was that day, July 11th of 2016, where the Lord opened my eyes to my own sin and brokenness, my need for a savior, um, and gave me a desire to follow Jesus with my whole life. Um, I truly understood at that point that it wasn't my own works that brought me to salvation or anything that I could earn, but instead that it was by grace through faith alone, through Jesus' um, death and resurrection, that we are saved. And so that day, on the porch of Grater's Ice Cream, I gave my life to the Lord, <laughs> which is amazing. And everything changed from there. I got really knit into community through H2O Church. I uh, started leading a Bible study on campus through one of our campus teams. I even interned for H2O for a year during my senior year to see what ministry would be like. But after graduation, I decided to go um, into the business world. I became an inventory and operations supervisor at a third-party logistics company in Columbus. 
and I loved my job. Um, I learned a ton there. I even had a, a lot of friends there and got to work with people who had very little in common with me, mostly older men in the warehouse, but man, those guys became my friends and brothers and it was so much fun to work there. But most importantly, I think the Lord used that as a mission field uh, for me. I got multiple opportunities to share about my faith and the gospel while working at ODW Logistics. But although I liked my job a lot, I was still, um, I still had this huge desire to go back to campus and to seek out the lost, um, and especially the girls who were just like me before, who didn't know how loved they were by the Lord. And so about a year ago, I quit my job and decided to become a campus missionary at Ohio State with H2O Church. So that's a little bit about me. Um, now I'd love to show you some pictures and explain some stories about students on campus. Uh, as you can see, there's my first ever small group at H2O, and Paulina is the third from the left up there. Um, and that's when I graduated. You can go to the next slide, Sam. A huge motivation for me in this work is the fact that there are over 65,000 students at Ohio State including around 7,000 international students who come from all over the world to study there, um, and they all desperately need Jesus. You can go to the next slide. As you can imagine, as you all yourself is, are probably a college graduate, uh, students have a lot of different things, different needs, and problems that they face on campus. Um, Campuses are very influential environments on students' lives, and we believe it's a very impressionable time in students' lives where we have this opportunity, this window of opportunity to share the gospel with them, and they possibly accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior, which changes the trajectory of their entire lives. So we see it as a wonderful mission field. You can go to the next slide, Sam. And for OSU students, the needs are great. You know, you see it very easily on campus with one conversation with a student. I see that they're struggling with something, um, whether that's loneliness, depression and anxiety, substance abuse, or perfectionism. There's a statistic that shows that 70% of young adults who attended church growing up drop out of church when they go to college. And that statistic doesn't show why that is, but to me, I think it's because students are just being bombarded with messages all day long of what to put their hope in, their worth, their value in. And rather than putting that in Jesus, they're putting it in the things of the world similarly to what I did. You can go to the next slide, Sam. This is my friend Karina. Karina and I met about three years ago on a spring break trip to uh, Smoky Mountains for our H2O spring break. And uh, when I met her, I just knew she seemed like a very sweet, loving, gentle girl. But there was one day particularly on that week-long trip where I remember I was leaving the game room, going to my cabin, about to go to bed. And so I, I left, I walked out into the rain, and I turned the corner and I saw Karina uh, having a panic attack on the ground by herself. I'd never seen someone have a panic attack before, but I immediately rushed to her side, brought her back to my cabin, and just started talking with her and praying with her and breathing with her. Um, I remember that she started braiding and rebraiding my hair just to stop the shaking in her hands. Um, she also opened up to me about what might have triggered that panic attack. Um, a, a semester prior, Karina had witnessed a girl jump from a parking garage on campus um, and commit suicide. Since then, she had been dealing with crippling anxiety and depression, understandably. Um, and yeah, that day, I just felt so, so heartbroken for Karina and what she was going through. But I was also very thankful for 
just the opportunity to be the hands and feet of Jesus in that moment and listen to her and love on her and just be there for her. Um, and to be honest, that day started our friendship. <laughs> I began to meet with her regularly and disciple Karina. Uh, and we talked about what it would look like for her to seek professional help and counseling and what this meant about her identity as a child of God. And she came to know the Lord and oh my gosh, the Lord has transformed her life. <laughs> she is now on fire for Jesus. Um, she's leading a Bible study on campus for one of our campus teams. And she's about to graduate this semester, which is so crazy to me. But um, I'm really, really amazed by the work that the Lord has done in her life. And I think her story really reflects the need that there is on campus for the gospel to go out and how God can just take captive all of our thoughts and everything that, all of our worries and stressors and take them onto his shoulders um, and change our lives completely. You can go to the next slide, Sam. So of course for uh, Karina and myself and all the students at Ohio State, the only source of true hope is the good news of Jesus Christ. That Jesus came down from heaven as a fully human, fully God, uh, and lived a perfect life so that we don't have to, and died on the cross for our sins and rose again. And it's by grace through faith we are saved, not by our own works. Um, and just that this isn't, a, 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 he's not a character in a story, but he was truly real and um, he died for each one of us. Uh, so this good news um, is the only source of hope for us. You can go to the next slide, Sam. We also believe that campus churches are a great mission field because it helps us to reach tomorrow's leaders. To think of all of the 65,000 students coming to Ohio State and then going to be sent out into the world as engineers or teachers or uh, businesswomen. To think, what if they not only learned about how to be an engineer, teacher, or businesswoman, but they learned the gospel? And instead of just going out and being sent out into their secular workforces for their profession, they were sent out to preach the gospel <laughs> to those spaces and be missionaries disguised as businesswomen or missionaries disguised as engineers or teachers. And so that is why we believe that campus churches are a great way to reach the world, especially considering the international population at Ohio State. The 70,000 international students that come uh, are not only getting trained on why they should be the best business person or whatever it is, but they're going and being sent out into the world, going back to their home countries and taking the gospel there, which is amazing. It's a great way to sh uh, live out the Great Commission of making disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them everything that the Lord has commanded. And thankfully, we're not in this alone. Jesus and the Holy Spirit and God are with us um, always to the end of the age. You can go to the next slide, Sam. Here are other pictures of what we do on campus. Um, I particularly love the picture in the top left there of me, my friend Abby, and Caitlin. Abby just recently uh, had her firstborn baby, <laughs> Andy, who's about to turn one. I'm so excited. But Abby has been discipling me for the past two years. And Caitlin is a girl I've gotten the opportunity to disciple for a year. And I think this really reflects our discipleship structure. Uh, and it also follows a verse that I love in 2 Timothy 2.2, which says, And the things you've heard me say in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to reliable people who will also be qualified to teach others. So because Abby taught me so much about how to follow Jesus, and we've been learning that about that together, I have gotten the opportunity to also share what I've learned and spread that to Caitlin. And now Caitlin is making disciples who make disciples. Um, and it's just an amazing experience and a wonderful way to see the Lord work in our lives. You can go to the next slide, Sam. 
And we also have a structure at our Sunday service where we have 500 students on a college campus choosing to come to service every Sunday. Um, and not only that, we break out into teams on campus based on where they live. We have team meetings in the dorms once a week. And within those teams, we break out into small groups where it's a really unique space for us to get to know each other deeply and talk about what's going on in our lives, which is not very common on a college campus, um, but to be fully known and fully loved in those spaces and meet, met with so much grace. Um, and I also get to meet with students one-on-one, -on -one, which is a great delight for my job. <laughs> you can go to the next slide, Sam. There's Paulina in the top right, getting prayed over by our small group. <laughs> um, we also have international missions trips that we go on and summer leadership training programs in Colorado. You can go to the next slide, Sam. And then my role specifically is I get to evangelize on campus, I get to disciple girls, and I get to help run the operations for the church, which is exciting and something that my parents really like that I'm actually using my degree <laughs> um, to do. And it has been a joy that I get to use those gifts for the church. You can go to the next slide, Sam. Okay, I'd love to tell you a couple other stories. Um, one is from when I worked at the third-party logistics company, ODW Logistics. Um, I got to work with many coworkers and really awesome people. One of them, however, uh, his name is Jose. And Jose is basically the complete opposite of me. He is a, <laughs> uh, just picture like, bigger guy who uh, smile, or doesn't smile very often and is kind of grumpy. So our personalities, they're so different, it kind of rubbed up against each other in a not so positive way to begin with. But every single day when I would drive into work, I would be praying that the Lord would use me today, that I would be obedient to him, and that he would give me opportunities to reach out to my coworkers with the light of the gospel. And one day, the Lord completely provided. Um, it was a very slow day at work. I went into Jose's office and just started chatting with him, um, and I got to have a deeper conversation with him. Whenever someone asks me, you know, what are, what are tips to share the gospel with others? The first thing I usually say is, get into a deeper conversation, because that can translate really well into a gospel conversation. Getting from a surface level conversation to the gospel can be hard, but once you get deep and know them really well and listen well and ask good questions, it can translate really well into the gospel. So I did that. I got to ask Jose about his life. I asked about his background in church. I asked about what he believed about God and Jesus and the afterlife. And then eventually he asked me in return, what do I believe? And so I had this amazing opportunity to share with him the same bridge diagram that Emily shared with me so many years ago, and I remember writing it on his whiteboard in his office, and that started so many more conversations. Over the next two weeks, he would come to my office almost every day asking a new question, and I got to gift him a Bible, his ever, first ever Bible, and he started reading, and then about two weeks later, uh, he came into my office and said, Molly, I gotta tell you something, and I said, what's up, Jose? And he goes, last night, I decided to give my life to the Lord and commit to following him. And I was just so excited. Um, you can't even imagine how much I wanted to celebrate with him in the office. And yeah, uh, it was just such a good day. Um, and since then, he has been plugged into a church in Columbus, is going to life groups, and e even he is sharing the gospel with other people that I used to work with, which is amazing. Um, he's also just a great example of someone who yeah, just really took what they learned and wants to teach other people, similarly to our good friend Paulina um, on the right there. 
Paulina and I became really close after I came to know the Lord. And uh, after many, many conversations about what it would look like for us to really reach out to our coworkers in the secular workforce, um, she has done that. Uh, I cannot believe how much the Lord is using this girl at where she is. Paulina is brilliant. She's an engineer at UPS in Atlanta. And uh, yeah, she's gotten so many opportunities just to be a light in a dark place, to share about her faith. Um, she even started a Bible study with some of her coworkers, and they meet like at 6 a.m. or something right before work, uh, which is amazing. So I'm really proud of her and very glad that we can be teamed up and spurring one another on and loving good works. Um, you can go to the next slide, Sam. A couple other students that I'd love to share about are two people I met this past year while being on full-time staff. Uh, the picture on the right shows a boy named Sun. Sun is from Thailand. I met him through our leadership training program in Colorado this past summer. And the first time I met Sun was when he came up to me because I was sitting alone reading. And he asked, what are you reading? And I said, I'm reading the Bible. He said, I've never read the Bible before. And so we started. And we began to read al almost every day um, the Bible together. And thankfully, although Sun is from Thailand and obviously speaks primarily Thai, uh, the Bible app has the Bible in every language. So we would read and Thai and English together every day, and after a long time, um, and almost the whole summer, son came to know Jesus as his Lord and Savior, and that picture was taken after I baptized him in that river. <laughs> um, something else about that is now that he has been sent back to Thailand after the summer, he is taking the gospel with him. Um, unfortunately, as I've been catching up with him, it sounds like there are not many churches around him, so he hasn't been plugged into a community but he continues to read the word and he continues to talk about his faith and talk about Jesus. Just the other day, he told me that this past year has been the best of his life, which is just amazing to hear. Another student that I love greatly is this girl named Haley. Um, Haley and I met last semester. Um, she joined H2O at the beginning of the semester and we got to meet up and the first time I met with her, uh, I shared the bridge diagram with her and she realized, I don't think I knew this. After many other conversations, actually it didn't take her very long, the Lord gripped her heart and um, helped her see her need for Jesus um, and that it is not by her own works that she's saved, but it's by grace through faith. Um, and I'm so, so thankful for that. And after she came to know the Lord last September, I got to baptize her and that picture was taken after her baptism as well. So just a few awesome examples of how the Lord has used our ministry and even use, uses very broken and weak people like myself to help spur on um, his kingdom work, which is so, so cool. You can go to the next slide, Sam. Okay, I've talked a lot about my ministry and about uh, just what we do on campus. And to be honest, I, I can't do this alone. I'm reliant on the Lord to provide everything for me, but also provide ministry partners who are excited about partnering with us in this mission and so I have three things I wanted to ask all of you to consider. Um, would you consider praying for the students on campus? Um, although there has been a spiritual revival in our church and we see students making disciples who make disciples and the gospel going out, it is still such a dark place. And I think uh, we need to pray first and foremost for the students' hearts on campus and for the Lord to move. Secondly, I would love to, pray, er, to ask you to pray about um, financial partnership. As you can imagine, um, being a primary, primarily student-led um, congregation, uh, the students don't really have means to give to a local church on campus. 
we use the phrase 10% of zero is still zero. So tithing <laughs> isn't really a thing for students. And so there is a need that uh, people would financially partner with us in this ministry. And then the third thing I want you to consider is more for your own personal reflection. How are you partnering with the gospel in the Great Commission? Who are people in your life or spaces in your life where you can take what you've learned about Jesus and spread that like wildfire to other people in other places? And then how can they, once they hear from you, be spurred on to teach others about the gospel too? Even if we all could think of right now just one person that you know doesn't know the Lord and how you can share this light and truth and hope that we have in Jesus with them this week. Uh, I would love for us to pray, prayerfully consider doing that. And not only that, we probably have so many occupations in this room and so many places that we're a part of. Uh, and to think, what if God is calling you to be a missionary disguised as your occupation or your, your space, your leader, whatever you are? Uh, we're all called to this as believers and followers of Christ. And I just hope that this this talk and this morning has challenged you and encouraged you and motivated you that you are not alone in this, but we can do this. We can take the gospel to all nations and baptize other believers and, um, yeah, teach them what it means to follow Jesus. So I would love to close our time in prayer now. Father God, I thank you so much again for today. I thank you for the truth of your word. I thank you for your son, that he died for us and for our sins so that we could have a restored relationship with you. I pray that you give us the boldness, the courage, the peace, and the words to say as we go out into the world um, that we wouldn't be shy about this light that we have. We wouldn't put it under a basket, but we would stand it up as we would a lamp and shine before others. And God, I pray that those one people or few people that we've thought of in our minds who we want to know you, um, I pray that you give us opportunities to share our faith with those people. Thank you that we get to partner with you in this and the Great Commission and for everything that you've taught us, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.